problem statement one. You found a video game that is super amazing and now you want to buy it, but will have to convince your parents to get the money. Your thought? No problem, I will figure a way out. Problem statement two, a little more critical. You have fallen in love with this person and want to spend your life with them, but your parents won't agree. Your thought? I know I can find a way out. It might take some time and a lot of effort, but I know I will. Do you find some similarity in these situations? Yes. Number one, these are common situations and have happened to a lot of us. And number two, most of us handle these situations with a lot of diligence and perseverance because the outcome is important to us. Now, if you associate to this particular category of people, and since you constantly sell your ideas, your thoughts to people around you, might as well pursue it as your career. Why not? But it's not all hunky-dory. According to statistics, 60% of customers say no four times before saying yes. Whereas 48% of salespeople never even make a single follow-up attempt. So what is going to make you a super successful professional in the sales domain? That is what today's episode is going to help you out with. So we have a very interesting person in the studio with us who's going to share this particular fact and a lot of more interesting stories about him. So without any further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hello, people. Welcome to People's Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Priyanka Oja, and I hope you enjoy the session. A very good morning to everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Today we have a very interesting personality you'll get to know about. Uh, his name is Kunal Ved. He is a sales professional and is currently working as a manager revenue partnership at Byte Dance. He has done his MBA in marketing and BTEC in mechanical sandwich something that we'll get to know about a little later. He hails from Delhi and um, has been working in sales through and through. So we are going to talk about a lot of sales experience. Thank you so much, Kunal, for tuning in and for giving your time. Thanks a lot, Priyanka, for such a humbling introduction. And thank you for having me here. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. So uh, tell me about, about yourself. How would you introduce you? I mean, um, how would I introduce myself? That, that's the toughest part to do. Uh, I would call myself an average uh, person. Nothing that kind of stands out uh, in terms of uh, me. I think uh, just a regular kid, a 90s kid who grew up in the 90s, uh, watched a lot of TV, uh, watched a lot of movies, then became an engineer, then became did an MBA, got into sales. Yeah, that's about it. That's mm -hmm. how it's been the past 30 years and that's, I think that's how it would be okay uh, just a very normal setup yeah. so could I tell me what was your favorite tv series growing up okay uh, I think uh, small wonder Dennis the menace there was one which had an astronaut uh, with a robo I, I don't know I can't recall that astronaut with one. a robo yeah I think it was I dream of genie Okay, I've I've not heard about that one. Okay, yeah, so that was there. I was uh, very very diligent with Bonvita quiz contest. Um, I would watch that ah. every Sunday. 
the Derek O'Brien one. Yeah, yeah. Did you also yeah. participate in one? I qualified for the Mumbai rounds, <laughs> but uh, couldn't really make it. So yeah. I, okay. No, I, 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 I never even dreamt of participating in that one. It was, it seemed to be too, too out of my league sort of thing to me. <laughs> so yeah, quizzing, quizzing was something that I was very, very diligent with. Uh-huh. At least in the school time, and then as I grew up, moved to Pune, I saw that there was there is a huge step up in the quizzing patterns or the quizzing community mm-hmm. per se, and I realized that I have a lot of uh, ground to cover up, and I thought, okay, fine, and just enjoy life mm-hmm. and not do all of that. <laughs> so, uh, Kunal, in your in your let's say daily life. Apart from your work conversations, if you have to talk to somebody, what topics would you be interested in? A lot of topics. Uh, podcasts would be there. Uh, books can be there. Movies can be there. Sports can be there. Current affairs. Mm-hmm. I think I can, I can talk about. So you'll call uh, yourself most a very of the topic. Uh huh. You, generalist. Call, generalist. Informed, informed person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely call myself that. Okay, so tell me one of your favorite books, uh, the recent favorite books that you've read. Uh, my all-time favorite is uh, Shantaram. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shantaram. Is, okay. Yeah. I Isn't that like a book. dark, dark themed book? It is, but it's very, very exciting. I think uh, how I saw it was that once I completed the first hundred pages, which was probably the most boring part of the book, uh, the remaining eight hundred something pages were just went by i think i think i finished that in one night or two nights wow entire book it, it was it was very very gripping then you are a voracious reader as well so i get into those phases when i <laughs> probably won't be reading for six months and then i'll be finishing off books in every two days or every three days uh-huh um that's how i would go about it Okay, and uh, so now think about yourself when you were in class eighth or ninth, you know, just before our boards, uh, the deciding years. If somebody asked, what do you want to become? What would you say? It would change. The answer would change by the hour or by the day. I had no clarity. Uh huh. I had absolutely no clarity. Uh, the only thing I wanted, uh, or probably that uh, drove me, was uh, that in newspapers, whenever someone achieved a certain position, so. If say someone's joining as the senior VP of APAC mm-hmm. or senior VP in sales or marketing or whatever, they would have a small snippet on the business page saying that this person has done this. This is something that I would want in life <laughs> that I achieve that certain level where my name comes on the paper for the right reasons. Because most <laughs> of the times on the front page or the second page or the third page, you, you probably don't have the names for the wrong reasons. For the right reasons, if it's there, then I will probably make it in life or achieve something. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was my childhood dream. So, it could have been sports, acting, reading, mm-hmm. quizzing, studies, sales, marketing, whatever the reason was. So, that was like the end goal, mm-hmm. which still is. Uh, the destination, I, I probably am still on that path of achieving that. Yeah. So, you know what? So, you know the what of the question? The how is yeah, still how, to be figured how out. I'm figuring out. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's how it is. Okay. But that, I, that was the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to tell about your family background? Like, what is your parent to, so, if you have uh, siblings? I grew up in a joint family, uh, which probably was the best thing ever that happened to me with my grandparents. Uh, they're my father, uh, mother, uh, 
two uncles and their respective aunts and mm-hmm. their kids so in the family uh, i was the eldest uh, the only guy in the house in terms of the kids all uh, her sisters i have mm-hmm. one younger sister okay. who is completely opposite of who i am as a person uh, i she is an extrovert she is the one who will hog the limelight as soon as she enters the room she is the talkative one she is the one is like uh, she she essentially she'll uh, hog the limelight i am the <laughs> one who's in the background doing things arranging sorting all of that is mine uh, so both my parents were working uh, so after school it was uh, always time spent with grandparents they would take care of our meals whatever the homework was learning uh, so it was fun growing mm-hmm. uh, in a joint family i think uh, was probably uh, an awesome experience mm-hmm. so this uh, is going to be a very personal question and you can choose not to answer if it uh, discomforts you but let's say so are you married at the moment no not right now okay and so when you get married would you would you want your parents to be with you guys so that your kids can also get that grandparent experience yeah i would definitely want that okay and is it happening now are you living with your parents yeah i still am. i mean covid you can't stay in <laughs> you come back home yeah no but generally were, were you living with your parents before covid as so well so if if i <coughs> so yeah uh, when i was in delhi yeah, uh, post my mba i came back i got a job in delhi so i was staying at home mm-hmm. okay so, yeah. okay that's nice um okay and uh, another question that was coming to my mind was that you were not clear when you were growing up whether you would like what do you want to become uh, only that thing sort of fascinated you and that's that's yeah. the path you've taken up but are you clear now do you have a clarity yeah mm-hmm. in in the domain that i am in sales i would continue to do that okay Okay. I I think I do that reasonably well in terms of performance in terms of going about things just how sales is mm-hmm. I think uh, I wouldn't uh, trade it for anything else. Okay, that's nice. That's nice of you. So basically you found out something that you are good at and um, yeah. you also enjoy doing it. So of course that's the best combination. Yeah, there are a lot of perks in of being in sales. <laughs> and, think, uh, and and this is something that uh, one of my seniors told me. Uh-huh. That Uh, in sales, uh, the best and the worst part is that you always start from zero, which has stayed with me. That you cannot sit on your past laurels. If you had a bad month or a bad quarter, you can restart. You hit a refresh. If you had an amazing quarter, that's past. You again start from zero. So that's the best and the worst part of it. And that's I think that's something that kind of drives me in sales. Uh-huh. That that's... you always have to uh, reinvent, restart, uh, do all of it. That's a very good perspective, I I would say uh, on sales, and just one last question before we get into your uh, background in terms of education. Okay. And so you said that your sister is the one who is the extrovert one, and you are the yeah. kind of person who's managing stuff. But I, to me, it looks like somebody who's into sales must be an extrovert. I don't think so. I I honestly <laughs> don't think so. Okay, I so mean, I I speak a lot more uh, than what I used to when I started working. Uh, but i still wouldn't call myself an extrovert i uh-huh. cannot for the toughest part that i need to do is to have the ability to make a small conversation with people i just can't okay so when you when you that. get into your let's say meetings your sales meetings do are you typically yeah. do you typically need a preparation 
yeah. for it okay yeah i i need to be prepared i cannot be uh, spontaneous about most of the things i need to do my homework uh-huh. come prepared and so would you call mm-hmm. would you call yourself street smart yeah I mean, I I cannot imagine both of these things going together. So you're saying you I mean, you have to be prepared, but you are also saying that you are uh, street smart. So how I mean, does street it... smart is such an open-ended term, right? Yeah, but uh, I mean, generally, you sh- in that sense. Uh, okay, you... I can in a tough. Let me just put it in this way. Um, in a tough scenario, I can probably navigate my way through and be alive. <laughs> so if I'm caught, uh, either by the police. Or by even doing anything, uh, if I'm simply caught, I I can probably navigate my way uh, through it. Yeah. Okay. If that uh, constitutes a street smart. <laughs> and uh, do you typically lie? Yeah. <laughs> is it like no, is no, it is it like stereotyping the sales guys? No, I don't think I would want to do that. Okay. I mean you. Again, it's the degrees of lying that kind of makes a difference. I'm not a compulsive liar, uh, but yeah, false commitments I have done a lot, a few times, I would say. Okay. And just for the sake of closing the deal or something, but yeah. beyond that, no. In in the sales, I think yeah, I have kind of overcommitted at times, and yeah, I won't mention when and where. <laughs> of but, course. <laughs> I hope I hope your clients uh, do not listen to this one. Then, <laughs> oh, there are multiple clients across industries, so I think I'm safe on that front. Okay, uh, so yeah, so I I really liked this this part of the conversation. But now let's uh, let's get into your educational background. So you said okay. you've done mechanical something sandwich. called yes. What does it mean? <laughs> so mechanical sandwich is a course uh, that was there in Pune University, um, where. So engineering is essentially into eight semesters, right? Eight semesters of teaching, uh, studying rather. Um, for us, it was six semesters of studying, and two semesters for that entire duration of six months uh, was uh, internship mm-hmm. in any of the organizations of your choice. Mm-hmm. So the fifth semester, the third year first sem, and the eighth semester, which is the fourth year second sem, is entirely internship. Okay. Rest. The engineering part. So, first year is common for all uh, branches, be it uh, mechanical, electrical, computers. The engineering part that starts from the second year, so second, third, and fourth, six semesters is mm-hmm. compressed into four. So uh, okay. that's how it's kind of sandwiched. So the internship part of it is sandwiched uh, in the uh, pedagogy. Okay. So that's so- why it's known as uh, mechanical sandwich. Mm-hmm. And uh, may I ask? So you did your B Tech in mechanical, but but you did not pursue a career in mechanical. What? Why was yeah, that? Yeah. So the sandwich part of it uh, kind of changed. It. I mean, the work was great. The learning was absolutely brilliant. The mentors that I had, uh, they were simply amazing. But just that routine of going there every day, swiping in at eight thirty, swiping out at five five thirty, I kind of realized that this is not something that I would want to do. Mm, okay. And hence, uh, by elimination. Selection by elimination. I kind of eliminated the operations job okay. from my life. Production okay. not a chance. Operations not a chance. Maintenance not a chance. Bacha kya sales? Ha, ye sahi lag raha. We will do this. Okay. So, uh, I think that's that's like the best mode to decide. And honestly, I feel like this was a good decision because you you took your decision based on your experience, based on whether yeah, you liked it yeah. or not. And I think that's. Yeah. 
that's a really good uh, right. thing to be exposed to um so uh, kunal a lot of people have this thing in mind whether so basically since you also have done your mba Uh, into marketing i want to take your opinion on the fact that a lot of people think whether they should do an mba is it really needed or when should you do how much experience should you ha- should you have after your btech or whatever bachelors you've done for that matter um do you have any opinion any suggestion on that then to each is own here simple as that whatever whatever works for you um there is no right time to go for an mba there is no wrong time uh, to go for an mba in my batch i had people who had about uh, 12 to 14 years of experience who did their mbas uh, people with minimal work ex freshers they do their mbas and do well mm-hmm. so whenever you feel the need whenever you want to take that next leap i i again for every individual there's the reason for doing an mba is different mm-hmm. so uh, why do you want to do an mba that I, i think when you find an answer to that question is when you should do an mba post an mba and i've heard this from a lot of friends of mine not just my own experience is that you essentially realize what all you can do in 24 hours mm-hmm. that is what an mba teaches you you get up at 8 you attend lectures till 5 you head out for probably grabbing a snack come back do your assignments study lunch dinner then also you party you sleep at 4 then again get up at 8 again i'm not uh, saying that all mba students sleep at 4 but yeah I mean, you you squeeze out every minute of the day mm-hmm. and you generate a lot of uh, you make a lot of good friends and a lot of memories yeah i think that that's an integral part of an mba just that entire ecosystem of people being there uh, that's the fun part yeah I agree I agree with that part in fact uh, when uh, on the day when we had our um, induction Uh, for right. MBA, my the director he was basically giving us speech, and he and our parents were also sitting there because he we, the parents were invited. Right. Uh, and the, he told that you are leaving your kids here, and after two years when they leave, they will be a totally different person. Right. And I totally agree with that fact. Uh, there's a lot of things that you learn apart from, of course, the educational educational aspect of doing an MBA right. in whatever field you're doing it. Um. So Kunal. Uh, If in a nutshell you have to describe what do you exactly do in your sales profile or how does your work day look like what would you say In terms of what my normal day looks like I think there's no set pattern to it uh but uh, there are a lot of things that we do on a day to day basis uh for me in sales uh, and again I'll, I'll probably tell you what my sales uh, roles are I am into B2B selling reaching out to businesses and helping them improve their processes um, so worked in multiple industries uh, where i've kind of added value to the clients and help their processes whatever they're doing and if that can be done in a better manner by probably inducing uh, introducing technology reducing manpower uh, doing it in a faster manner is something that uh, i have been doing Kunal now since you've had an experience in multiple industries um, and you've an extensive sales experience Tell me one thing that absolutely stands out for you in the sales domain. I mean, why why would you like to be into sales like forever? Okay, I think uh, the easy answer, and I think uh, is that uh, you just judge on one metric the entire duration. If you are uh, good with your numbers, if you achieve your targets, you're good. 
If you don't, you don't. It's a very black and white kind of a transaction. So there's nothing. Well, yes, I mean, I would be lying if I said that the entire sales funnel is never is also considered during appraisals and other processes. But uh, at the end of the day, you're as good as what you get uh, for your organization. So that's something there aren't. It, it's, it's a very simple black and white setup, and that's what I like about it. Secondly, it gives you the freedom to do uh, whatever you go about it. I think um, there wouldn't be. So, if you talk to two salespeople, both of them would probably have different approaches towards work. There's no standard SOP uh, that you have. That if you do this, then you get this, then you get this. Essentially, what you get is what matters. How you get, um, while it also matters, there are ethical and unethical ways of going about it. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're getting business, that's it. So it's a very very simple uh, process. And lastly, I think uh, it sounds very, very cliched, but we sell. We every day we are selling something or the other. Everyone has to be a salesperson. So if you're selling things in life for yourself, might as well do it uh, on a professional front. So yeah, that's why sales. Uh, okay, so what would you say about the stress or the pressure part of uh, sales? I think you get accustomed to it. Uh huh. Yes, there is pressure, but then every time you kind of realize that. Uh, Taking too much stress is never really important. Uh, yes, and once you get a hang of things, I think it becomes uh, slightly easier uh, in planning. You know what to do, where to invest your energy. Initially, you would probably reach out to all the clients, and then you kind of eliminate saying that okay, I probably would not invest so much of effort in one organization or on one client. Uh, they may not be uh, willing to spend for whatever reasons. But the, mm-hmm. the client may not be the right place to spend. You get, I think that is what experience is all about. You kind of get an understanding of how to go about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you manage. Mm-hmm. So, from your experience, Kunal, um, if somebody wants to get into sales, like what are those things that everybody should develop on, or you know, the qualities that you typically would need to be successful in sales? I think you have to be very, very persistent. Uh, most of the cases, me, you don't get a yes upfront. You have to be persistent, um, and you should have an understanding of your product. Mm-hmm. You should know what you're selling. You can't faff around because the person sitting on the other side of the table is no fool. You, you can't really uh, sham your way to success. Uh, you can probably do it once or twice, but uh, eventually things catch up with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to be good with your product. You have to be very very persistent, and you have to think on your feet. I think uh, that is equally important because whatever preparation you do, whatever homework you do, you will inevitably come across a client who will ask questions for which you will have no answers. Mm-hmm. So you should know how to go about it. And yeah, having good people skills uh, always helps. Um, because you were talking about the fact that you should be persistent. How I have all also seen sales guys who are. Persistent to an extent that it's it it gets into the category of nudging. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, how would you? Again, you you have to draw balance, draw a line between uh, being too persistent to the extent that you become irritating to the client. Uh, but you have to be at it, right? You just can't. So a single no should not uh, define the way. Mm-hmm. You should probably do your homework if it's a no for the first time. You can probably. Uh, 
do a bit more of homework and see what is right, what is wrong, why is it not happening. What there can be multiple reasons mm-hmm. behind. Some can be reasons that you're probably talking to the wrong guy. You probably uh, the person who is there does not have the authority to take a call. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and that is where thinking on the feet comes. So if he's saying no, or if she's saying no, what is the reason for it? Mm-hmm. What can be the plausible reason? You can have success stories if you tell them. Most of the processes are fairly similar, right? If you make, if you're making an automotive, it won't be very, very different. The fundamentals remain the same. Mm-hmm. So, if you are successful in a particular organization, you can always sell that success. That is where the persistent part. Okay, you yeah. don't want it, but this is something that we did here, and this is how it improved mm-hmm. their process. So that helps. I'll tell you a major, and I was reading this somewhere that the major difference between B two B and B two C, if you have to explain it to a college going student, would be the difference between Mario and Pac Man, the games. <laughs> Pac Man is very very fast paced. You just have to navigate left right, up down, and save yourself from the creatures that are there, and you pick up points very very quickly. That is how B two C sales is. Every day you're picking up orders. Mm-hmm. There's a daily sales report going in where you have people plugging in numbers ki aaj itna dhanda hua ya itna mm-hmm. sales hua mm-hmm. that is how it is and this is pacman the mario part of it is you play you jump you get something you grow big then you move forward then you again jump you get some coins you play it for a longer duration yeah okay right? so that's that i think that's the difference that's a very <laughs> that's a very simplified difference between b2b and b2c i would say yeah so the sales cycles are fairly long Yeah, you have to look into the technical aspect of it. If mm. you're selling technology, how does that integrate? There are issues with data security. How is the data being stored? Mm. All of that comes into play. Yeah, that yeah. does not happen with a Pepsi. Yes, so agree. All of that. So, have you identified for yourself like a method or a mantra for your successful sales career? Or I'm just being there, getting up every day, being there. Uh, in front of the client facing them facing their queries uh, getting in a lot of nos before you get a yes mm-hmm. uh, definitely works mm-hmm. because people have queries if you answer them if you satisfy those queries a lot of sales is i i believe and the b2b part of it uh, with the b2b experience is that uh, a lot of sales is technical in nature Uh, you have to explain the product to the client and how it kind of benefits them mm. what's in it for them mm. uh, if they are convinced on that front then money is not really an issue that is something that can be taken care of would you Most like for example are. before you get into an industry or uh, a company would you sort of try to get to know about their product try i mean do you do that kind of uh, analysis where you Background say that not only the background check in terms of whether you you uh, align with the um, the product they are selling the usage it has the value it adds uh it always pays if you are convinced with that product uh, if you see value in it uh, probably not for you but for someone else if you can uh, charter their that out your sales pitch is much more honest mm-hmm. if you know that the product is faulty that in, that is there in your sales pitch you can't faff your way through that so yeah so my personal mantra is whenever i'm looking at an organization or an industry to be in it it always always pays to be either with the number 1 or the number 2 player 
because mm. those are the ones competing with the best of the brands have the best of the products mm. if not then i personally would not go with the number 3 or a number 4 player i'll probably go with a number 7 8 9 because then they know that they can't really go into a number 1 they'll have their own niche mm. because that journey from an 8 to a 1 would be tough yeah and even the gap between 1 2 3 and 4 5 6 would be huge mm. so i personally prefer uh, looking at the best brands in any industries yeah that sounds that sounds good and I, i mean so the the kind of indication i get is typically you would want to understand what is the uh, who are the customers you are selling to yeah. what's the most selling product um and you should be convinced you should yourself be convinced about what you are yeah. selling yeah i think if you are convinced of the product that's that's a good enough start mm-hmm. okay um so kunal now try to recall like a statement or something that that or the best piece of advice you've got from anybody till now okay well that's that's tough but yeah okay so the best piece of advice now i remember it was uh, again uh, during my internship at alpha laval i was working with under uh, Mr. Sri Krishna Tiwari, I still remember his name. Very, very good guy. I think uh, I owe him a lot for who I am today. Uh, I was, he was my mentor there. I was doing his projects, and he also tagged me along with multiple other people, mm-hmm. and so that they could uh, also, I could probably assist them or do something. So I was doing one project under um, another individual, and Mr. Tiwari comes up and says, "Kunal, what's up?" what project are you doing he said, i told him that uh, the project is smed mm-hmm. and he was like what does that mean and i was clueless and he was like the problem with your generation is that you guys or girls go after jargons or abbreviations without really understanding what the process is mm-hmm. so you learn something so that you can explain it to someone and that kind of stuck with me forever so <laughs> whatever i learn i probably i don't uh, jargonize things i and since then i've started learning things that uh, are simple in nature without really using a lot of uh, complex jargon which uh, kind of intimidates me mm-hmm. so that that has been the best piece of advice ever uh, never use jargons understand processes understand things and so that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. not going after jargons because jargons can change the yeah. processes Uh, one. Hmm. Okay. Or the larger thing. So that is one advice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wh- I I also agree with this fact, and and totally agree with the fact that we want to like our generation. We are, mm. we definitely hop on and hop off to a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I would also want to add is being genuine. So I feel like you should whatever you are doing, like whatever you want to do or whatever you are doing, you should be right. genuine about it. even yeah like making for for the matter making friends making uh, right. your connections you should be genuinely interested in doing that rather than right. just you know expanding the not network doing it for that the you sake have of it. not doing it for the sake of it exactly yeah so uh, then kunal i had a very amazing conversation with you thank you so much for sharing your experiences um, it was a lot of fun talking to you like was pranka it was great fun getting an understanding or probably rethinking all those years on sales and everything else <laughs> thank you so much for this nostalgia trip
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If in case you guys are interested to know more about different career opportunities, know about what people exactly do, how did they reach there, or are just interested in behind the scenes of people's stories, feel free to follow us on Instagram or send me a connect invite on LinkedIn.